What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right. Well, um, this is the annual time where I give my NFL draft QB rankings. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I'm Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And we are officially into Combine Week. Uh, we've got players reporting to Indianapolis. We've got Derek Carr trying to take over the Combine. Um, a lot of things to get into. A lot of big uh, draft player news we will get into in a minute. But Andrew, before that, how are you doing, my sir? Uh, I'm great, man. You know, but before I, I say how I'm doing, I just want to wish you a happy birthday. You know, so happy birthday on March first. Uh, <laughs> that's that so fantastic. Yeah. So, um, one of our like best friends, we've known him since he was seven. He just in a group text texted Micah happy birthday, and it's March first. Micah's birthday is February first, and I just uh, wanted to save that for the pod, but because just it was hilarious, you know. So. Micah on, you know, as far as uh, RTP is concerned and, and Kevin Malone is concerned, happy birthday. That was so awesome. I, I saw that text and I was like, what? And then I realized it was March 1st. I was like, oh, okay. So I was waiting. Easy mistake. Just, I'll, I'll I'll be like, I want it. It's not, though. Like, easy like, mistake I, for I was, someone I've known before I turned double digits. <laughs> yeah. We've no, known it's forever. Like, it's easy mistake that you, like, for a dude that you met, like, last year, you're like, yeah, my birthday's on the 1st of like the q1 you know you'd be like okay it might be march yeah this easy is mistake kevin for an office, office affiliate <laughs> yeah it's like kevin's known us for like <laughs> like 25 years but um anyways yeah i'm good man um i'm excited you know the nfl combine is is this week so um you get to see a lot of guys run um run the 40s do the three cone everything like that so um more importantly i think there's um a lot of stuff to unveil about um rumors and and where's where the quarterbacks going you know like who tests well things like that so it's an exciting week um we had kind of like the dog days of winter um recently where it was just like yeah so the chiefs are still the champions and let's talk about some needs you know but um we finally have some some combine news to report on and then also um get into free agency as well um, prior to the draft so i'm good man yeah it's all there's just there's more like official football stuff starting to cook up as opposed right. to just like rumors of things and just like like you said just like hangover super bowl talk mixed with like i mean the dc stuff is like there's just lingering no one else is in free agency yet except for him so it's just like every once in a while you get these things but one thing that popped up recently um is kind of a wild incident uh that involved uh georgia defensive tackle jalen carter um i will let you get into that i know you have a statement uh we had a situation basically where after the championship game right i believe the championship game um there was a car accident involving one of the georgia players and one of their um team yeah, like staff members staff yeah. yeah team personnel um this female and they both died in the car accident um recently it came out that the driver of the other vehicle uh that was partially to blame for this crash was jalen carter um 
And so I'll let you take it from here. I believe you got a you got a statement or whatnot. But this news just kind of recently dropped. Obviously, a lot big in in regards to like you know the number one player in this draft. You know, um, arguably the best talent coming out of this this year's draft. Getting a little hot water. So take it away. Yeah. Um, so as of this morning, um, Jalen Carter, who's projected to be um, really the number one overall pick. Um, as far as like if, if the Bears kept their pick, he would probably be that that guy. If not, he's a top three pick. Um, this report came out. So I have a report from um, the, the police, the DA, whatever you want to call them. Um, and they said, as a result of the ongoing investigation into the January 15th, 2023 fatal crash that occurred in the 900 block of Barnett's whatever, um, blah, 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 blah has secured an arrest warrant for Jalen Carter 21 for reckless driving and racing. The investigation found that um, Chandler LaCroix, driver of the Ford Expedition, and Jalen Carter, driver of the Jeep, um, were operating their vehicles in a manner consistent with racing shortly after leaving the downtown Athens area at about 2.30 a.m. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so basically, Jalen Carter was either operating this vehicle or driving a vehicle with a teammate. Um, and then that led to the fatal, fatal crash of um, the staff member and also a player um, on the Georgia team in, on January 15th. So um, that came out and then he released a statement. Um, so basically it, it was kind of fascinating because they all came out this morning and on Wednesday, which is when we're recording um, the D linemen are, coming out and taking all these interviews and like Jalen Carter's waiting to be interviewed. And this thing came out and he was just like gone. Like he was like going back to Georgia and not like doing any press conferences. Everyone's like waiting for him to come out. Um, but he released a statement and he said this morning and preface it, it's on the notes app and also in all caps. So very aggressive as far as like just all caps, whenever you say anything, um, so he said, this morning I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports also have circulated this morning con er, containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15, 2023. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing, period, all caps. Um, but the other part of, of this is what actually got leaked is that he um, was questioned by the police and then also like misled them saying he was like, oh, I was like a mile away from this. Like I, I was out that night, but I, I wasn't near the crash. Like I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so he kind of like misled the police. Um, and then now it's coming back to him where he, there's a, a, an arrest warrant for, for a, a warrant for his arrest. Um, and he has two misdemeanor charges. So it's, it's interesting just kind of like what it's going to do to impact his draft stock. And also just like, there's a difference between someone that's going to be taken like the, you know, second or third round to where this comes out compared to like someone who is like the consistent, like the consensus number one overall pick um, as far as all the draft boards are concerned. So um, that's all the information that, that I got. But uh, Micah, what are your thoughts kind of um, of this recent news? Well, I will say the um, for a little PR 101 for you on this two, two good things, two positive things on his end with this one, 
uh, doing an all caps on the notes app uh, when releasing this, you won't get like outed or like people calling you out for like not putting capitalizations where they should be or using proper punctuations or anything. You can just go all caps and just say whatever and you're not going to get the grammar police jumping all over you. Secondly, saying that he had to return back to Georgia to answer to these misdemeanor warrants uh, and set the story straight. All-time great ploy to not have to answer questions in Indianapolis at the at the combine and like have a have a reason to just leave and not have to like deal with anybody there. So kudos on that. Um, I it's it's insane because you we were you know texting about this when when all this kind of dropped and you were kind of mentioning like we haven't seen something like this happen since Laramie Tunzel's. Uh, weed gas mask thing dropped like the night of the draft right and so yeah it was like rep for the draft which is hilarious yeah and so it's like it's 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 wild that like this is coming out like it is i mean this is like obviously not a good look not a good thing this is going to be big red flag numero uno for a lot of people and i mean He's going to fall, I assume, down the draft because of this. How far he falls, I don't know. Um, you know, that's such a tough position to be at in number seven as the Raiders were. You know, it's like, be such a Raiders thing to take another player that drives too fast in the road and causes problems, right? Um, but nonetheless, um, We'll see what happens that, uh, you know, transcribes from this. It obviously doesn't sound like he's getting, like, charged or blamed for any, like, wrongful death or any, um, you know, uh, I don't know if that's considered, like, involuntary manslaughter. I, you know, that's that's extreme. It sounds like it's just some yeah. misdemeanors of speeding and everything. But on the surface, it doesn't look good, obviously, especially with, like you said, kind of misleading um, the police and everything from the beginning. So... Uh, it'll be interesting. I don't think, I don't think he necessarily needs to be at the combine when it comes to like the combine drills themselves. I, I mean, the combine really just feels like it's like a chance to prove yourself, you know. And outside of like maybe seeing what his forty time was, or maybe a three cone on his quickness or whatnot, his tape really shows how special of a player he is and can be. Um, this not a good look, obviously. So we'll see what happens. I mean. I could see, honestly, if it if it if the the narrative sticks with kind of this misdemeanor thing, you know, wrong place, wrong time, just young kid making a stupid move. I could see this somehow kind of blowing over relatively quickly if there's nothing to do with like the people's death side of things that he's getting blamed for or anything. But regardless, it's you know kind of a crappy situation that he has found himself in. In some, I don't know. We'll, we shall see, but it's wild yeah, that we got stuff popping up before the combine, you know, and, and all that. So, no, I, I think it's, um, what's crazy is that like, you know, he, he, depending on what his like situation was or what is, um, I guess what, like what his relevance was within the situation, um, will severely impact his, you know, draft stock and also kind of like how he is accounted for, you know? So it's like, if he was actually the driver of vehicle, then that's manslaughter, you know? And, and that's kind of like what 
um, the whole Henry Ruggs thing and, and everything like that, you know, but um, we'll see. I mean, it, it does put the Raiders in a peculiar situation. And I was like, for a second, I was like, Oh, maybe that gives us a chance to take him at seven. Like I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, well, hold on a second. Two people died. So let's not make light of the situation, but also like we kind of were hoping for like two of those big time defensive players to go in the, in the first, like if you take a look at the seven picks, right? Like, two people like two guys go you got three quarterbacks like we we have it we have a chance basically like if he's if he's factored into that like then that gives the Raiders a chance to either get a quarterback or a defensive player that they're looking for um and if not then he's going to slide and that gives the Raiders even a worse chance to to get the better player if that makes sense um like he was one of those guys that were going to be like taken prior and then like going to push everyone back so uh, we'll see how that turns out both statements that I just made are both insensitive because of the two people that died. But um, ultimately, we'll see. Um, we'll monitor the situation with Jalen Carter um, and and see where it goes. Well, as Max stresses stresses stretches across my bed, um, we're going to get into my QB rankings for the 2023 NFL Draft. Um, but before we do, Micah, please tell the people who this episode is brought to all of us by. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoop action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Right now, I think y'all should go and start betting on the Kings, right? Let's get some bets in on the Kings. The Kings just went out not too long ago and um, got AW in the second highest scoring basketball game ever in NBA history. I believe they won 176 to 175 or 174 against the yep. Pistons. Um, uh, Clippers. The Clippers, yeah. Um, the last time, I think, was like late 60s. I don't know. Long time ago. It was like, I think the the top one is like 184 to 182 or something like that. Like, they weren't far off from the first one. So, the Kings swiped the Fox out there, throwing up numbers. Uh, go bet on them. Whatever the over is on the Kings game, go bet it. And to do that, go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. All right. Well, um, this is the annual time where I give my NFL draft QB rankings. Um, you know, last year I think it was tough, right? Like I, I have my list. Um, Matt Corral still has a chance. If you haven't looked at the Carolina Panthers QB roster, he is still alive. Okay. Hurt his ankle on the roster still. Sam Darnold, do they bring him back? Do they draft a quarterback? Do they sign DC? Who's to say? But um, yeah, I'll give my I'll give my uh, QB draft rankings and and I, I know I've kind of touched on this a little bit, but like I, I did watch all five of these quarterbacks um, watch, I would say probably three of their games um, each individually, just to see kind of like if I could find some tendencies, things like that. Um, and these are my rankings. I it, 
listen, I don't know if this is going to happen. Like, I, I don't know if they're going to go in this order. Okay. This is how I see it, but I haven't been that wrong, if that makes sense, but I haven't been that right. So hopefully <laughs> this year I can be partially right. Go ahead. Look, everybody knows you got to give it three years to really actually be able to compare quarterbacks in a draft. Three years. <laughs> And this is our third year of the podcast, you know? So yes, it's like, I, exactly. it's about time that you've given me three years to do the rankings, you know? So this is Micah's time to be like, does he have it or not? Right? We're, we're barely scratching the surface on whether Herbert and Tua are, where, where that, where that, wasn't that 2020? Was that 2020? Uh, yes. I think so. I think so. I yeah. don't know. Anyways, continue. Re- regardless, Mike has given me three years. So this is basically like, if I, if I don't get it right here. It's like it's time for him to pull the hook and draft a new person that can <laughs> rank the the quarterback um, for the upcoming draft. So um, <clears throat> to start, I'm going to go one through five. Okay, so number one, this is the consensus: Bryce Young. Okay, Bryce Young out of Alabama, five eleven, one eighty five. Here's some pros. Basically, he's he's the most he has the highest upside with the highest floor. Okay, so. Regardless, you're either going to get a very good starter or a potential superstar, right? So he's a playmaker. He's someone that is always pass first. He is versatile, is able to like escape to the pocket, um, but also make some plays downfield. He has a very good arm, not a great arm, but I don't think that's um, the biggest need, right? So if, if if you think about it, like look at Joe Burrow, like does does he have a better arm than Holmes or Allen? He does not, right? He has a big enough arm to hit the right, basically to push down the field, to, to make the right throws at the right time. This is um, Bryce Young, not like a pro player comp necessarily, but um, I think with his playmaking ability, his pocket presence, everyone is going to knock him on his size because, I mean, it, it says he's 5'11", 185. I think he's more like 5'10", seventy five. Like he's probably going to beef up for he's, – he's not throwing at the combine, right? So I'm not doing any of those things. So if anything, he's like, I'm just going to eat like 17 Big Macs a day and be like, wow, Bryce Young weighs in at 202. You know, it's like, oh, he's actually a lot bigger than we thought. I don't think it's going to happen. But um, I, I think ultimately, like, the, the biggest knock on him is, like, he, he's small and short, and is he going to be able to maneuver through the pocket with and throw over his offense alignment and throw over the defense alignment that are trying to either block the pass or, like, come in a rush, right? Um, but I would say, and Josh McDaniels actually touched on this in his, in his um, conference, press conference today or yesterday basically saying like hey i don't and because i think someone asked him about Bryce young he's like i I think you you're able to scheme around that basically like to where you're able to scheme your offense around like he has enough awareness he has enough pocket mobility he can throw um he can throw with accuracy with different arm angles as well right so he can he can pinpoint it and it doesn't matter whether it's here or here here here's as far as if you're listening to this which i'm sure you guys are um it's like over the top three quarters sidearm he can be accurate from different spots. So then that alleviates the, the um, issue as far as like, okay, what if like the defense lineman has his hand up and he's past, you know, he's like rushing a passer and whatever your guards getting blown up. So I think young is able to escape. He's, he makes a ton of plays. He's taking a lot of hits also. And he, I think he's durable in that sense. So I think he's overall the best prospect. He's a Heisman winner from two years ago. Um, the best prospect right now. And I think it's mostly because, he has a very high ceiling and also a very high floor. You're regardless going to get a very good quarterback that's going to get you through the next five, seven years. If not, he's going to be an all pro um, based in 
it's all about situation, right? It's all about the the offense coordinator, head coach ish, right? And then the team that's built around them. So um, Bryce Young is my number one quarterback going into this. I mean, it's not. I don't need to expand on it that much, but it's like everyone's number one. So there you go. Well, to be honest with you, like I I love it, and I completely agree with you. I think there's so much stuff circulating that like CJ Stroud is going to go number one. I'm seeing a lot of people being like Anthony Richardson is going to go a lot earlier than people think. And he may even go number one. It's like people just stir stuff up like around this time. And then obviously the combine will shed some more light on other stuff. But I think, yes, going like towards the end of the season or whatnot, absolutely consensus. Number one, still think he is for the most part, but it feels like a lot of people are stirring things up about, the other two, you know, a, a couple other quarterbacks in this. Right. In this whole I mean, thing, so. yeah, I don't know if it's it, as like right now. Don't know if it's as consensus as it as it has been the last two months. Exactly. Right. And that's a great point, because like the the QB position is like the most fascinating topic out there. Right. And we're not fascinating, but like it, it's the one that's most talked about because there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. If you looked at it, the last two years, like two years, Will Anderson consensus number one overall pick but like outside of a quarterback he's gonna be the number one overall pick he crushed it his i think it was his freshman year sophomore year junior year i think he redshirted so they're like boom and then now he's like yeah he might fall between six and twelve you know it's like what it's like this it's like you, you kind of like get so used to someone that's so great and like that's bryce young basically it's like he he was he two years ago he won the heisman right and then this year he balled out. Alabama didn't get into the college football playoff, which really takes a limelight off of off off, off of that, basically. So it's like it's it's just hilarious. Like it's exactly what you're saying, where like the the focus is like we we gotta find some other interesting things to talk about. And it's like Bryce Young's the guy. Okay. Sorry. And the next guy that I'm gonna talk about is is really like it's like one A and one B, and that's uh CJ Stroud. So quarterback out of Ohio State, really. I think he's the best fit for like the Raiders. Like if, if I want the Raiders to take anyone, it's going to be CJ Stroud. And here's the reason why is that I know. And, and I, and I, I might change a little bit on this, but he fits McDaniel's system the best in a way of like being able to like his accuracy is incredible. He can strike the ball all, you know, at every layer of the field. Right. Um, and his pocket presence, I would say is, is just as good as um, Bryce Young's. His measurables, 6'3", 220, whatever it is, right? Like, he's, he's, he's a good, durable, so you don't have, like, those concerns that you do have with Young. I think he is a pass-first quarterback that is able to, like, work his way through all of his progressions, which I – which and, and I know the Alabama system is tough, but I think that he – for at least from what I've seen, from what I've heard, he's able to process things at a level that McDaniels would love. Now, this does – it's kind of counterintuitive to like, and this is like a one-off statement from McDaniels, right? But at the combine, he's like, we're going to work. We're going to work our system to the quarterback, basically, where everyone looks at McDaniels and says like, well, I don't know if he's a Josh McDaniels quarterback, right? Um, because that's like, he has to, he's, he's very hard on him. He's like, this is the Patriot way. Like this, is this, that, and the other. And I think McDaniels has learned a lot because if you look at it and what he said in, in his conference as well, he went from Brady to Cam Newton to Mac Jones, to Derek Carr in the last four years, right? So that's four completely different quarterbacks, right? So I think he's learned a lot from there. And I maybe at first he was like a little bit like, you got to play this way. And then he got to Cam Newton. He's like, I, can you run the power? Like, I'm just like, can you just run like QB power? 
because you can't throw the ball for a seven yard slant, you know? Um, anyways, the point of it is like McDaniels is trying to work the system around the quarterback that we got. And it especially makes sense if we're drafting a quarterback. And that's why it's a little counterintuitive where I'm like, CJ Stroud fits best with McDaniels system. But I will stick to that point and say that, you know, I think he's someone that I don't think he's overlooked, but I don't think he gets the hype that Bryce Young gets as the consensus. And like it has, like you said, it has drifted a little bit as far as like who's going to be the guy, whatever, right? But like Levis is getting a lot of love, Anthony Richardson, like whatever, blah blah. CJ Stroud, I, I think he's going to be the best quarterback in this draft, and I have Bryce Young above him, right? And it doesn't mean anything because I'm not an expert, but I think the way that he's able to work those progressions is is it's it's like pinpoint accuracy on some really. And it's not like pinpoint accuracy on like a seven yard sling. It's like a drop back, work through, like I watched the game and he's like, work through one, work through two, escape, throws the D end off from getting a sack, scramble, throw off my left foot. And it's like right on the money where like it's Marvin Harrison Jr. Probably like, just like a toe tough, like, like at, on the sideline. Like it was, it's just incredible. Like the way that he's able to get through. And here's actually a funny story. And I didn't think I was going to go this long in a segment because I have three other quarterbacks to go, but here I am. We're here for it all. Okay, cool. So the biggest knock on him was that like going like throughout the year was that he doesn't use his feet enough. It's like, he's, he's an athlete. Like he's, he's very athletic, but he doesn't scramble. He doesn't make like, Oh, it's like third and five. I'm going to read, 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 go find a first down. He always worked to find something where he could throw the ball basically. Right. And they're like, he's an athlete, but he doesn't use feet. Is he dirtable? Is he this? Is he that? Like blah, blah, blah. Before the Georgia game, which is in the college football playoff, like the semifinals, um, because they didn't make the the finals game with TCU and Georgia, where they beat them by fucking seventy points. Um, before the Georgia game, Ohio State Georgia, the coaches went up to him and said, "Hey, we've been limiting you." Because so the coaches actually told CJ Stroud, "Like, hey, they coached him to like basically don't just take off, don't just use your feet, throw the ball, like work through your progressions. This is gonna value like this is gonna sorry not value this is gonna like." bring up your draft stock basically because if not if you just use your natural instincts where it's like i'm just going to take off and run and he might have ran for 60 yards a game right like broke off a few or whatever he there he was basically coached to not scramble he was coached to not use his feet because it would elevate his elevate that's what i was like not evaluate um to elevate his draft stock that's what he was coached and so before the georgia game they talked to him and said hey this is the knock on you is that you aren't able to escape the pocket. You aren't able to do this stuff, like whatever, like just let it loose. And so in that game, if you recall, dude balls out, those for like four touchdowns, like ran for 70 plus yards or whatever it was. I might might not have been that much, but like the dude went off and like it's the, the reason I'm telling this whole long story is the fact that it's like there's a lot of untapped potential and I don't think we consider like when we look at prospects and evaluate them, the coaching, the the system, the dudes around them, you know, it's like you can look at, you know, Will Levis or uh, Anthony Richardson, like who they actually throw into. And, and then also you could knock CJ Stroud and say like, okay, well, he had, remember Alave? Okay. Remember Marvin Harrison Jr.? Like, remember Jackson Smith and Jigba? Like, it, he has dudes all around him. So that's like a big knock. But we have to, not we have to, you don't have to do anything. But what I like to do is watch the tape and say, what are some transferable intangibles right it's like you're like oh i love the big arm i love 
the puck mobility. I love the staying in there pressure. It's like what is actually transferable based on what you can evaluate and understand what their reads are going to do to your best, to the best of your ability. Right. And so everything I saw from Stroud, I think he's fantastic. And it's funny because like you and I debated a little bit and I was like, Bryce Young is like fucking way better than Stroud. Dan loves Stroud. Like let's debate about this, like all this different stuff. But like the more I watch him, the more I'm like, these guys are very close as far as like a one A one B. And so I could keep going about CJ Stroud, but I'm going to stop now because I already told stories. Um, but thoughts on that or do you want me to just rip through three through five and get your thoughts after that you can rip through them you're good okay i will try it well no guarantees that's all i can say um number three quarterback is is will levis so um i have six three two thirty um so once again like you know number one his measurables are, are incredible right like prototypical size as far as quarterback is concerned right tall love that um, and then 230, and he also uses it as far as being a dual threat um, quarterback. Um, he he likes to run. He likes to jump over people. Um, very, you're going to see a lot of Josh Allen comparisons. Um, he has a rocket arm, like like literally the dude can rip the ball all the way across. Pro- probably one of the strongest arms in in the draft outside of um, Anthony Richardson. Well, they might be close. So I watched him, and I didn't know if he was going to be the best quarterback in this draft or like an undrafted free agent. Like I literally had no idea. And and once again, I coach, I coach high school football. That's all I got. Right. I'm not, a, I'm not an NFL scout. Right. And a lot of scouts can give you all this in depth. I, I watch games and I'm like, I have no idea where we're getting this guy. Like no idea. I, some, some of my notes, incredibly inconsistent ball placement mechanics are consistently inconsistent. So basically like, I'm like, he basically, it's like backyard football and he throws it and it's like, he doesn't know where it's going. And the receiver's like, it's either going to hit me right here or it's going to be a pick six. Like, no idea. And that's like every other throw. So imagine that on Sundays where you're just watching the game. You're like, got a shot here. Nope. He threw it to the backer, you know, pick six. See you later. It's like the Derek Carr, like against the Rams in the red zone. He just goes, ha ha. And he just throws it to someone in the end zone for a touchback. Like, we don't know what we're getting with this guy. His mechanics are outside of someone else that I will mention later, like probably second to worst. Like it's his feet are off, his arm is off. And like the difference between him and Young is that like Young and Stroud can throw off platform. And what I mean by that is like their feet can be out of position, right? They'd be thrown off their back foot and they can still get the right arm angle and the right accuracy pinpoint wise, right? So it's like you're, you're still able to deliver the ball where it needs to go on the run levis does that in the pocket for no reason like very protected it's like perfect wall he's just like standing there and his left foot goes here his right foot goes here for some reason and his arm angles like i'm gonna go down yeah and just throws it and it's like yo dude you miss you miss the guy by a lot right so i I know i'm knocking this guy but basically levis is someone that has i would say enough upside to gamble on early right he has enough of the tools and something to look at is that his weapons decreased from 2011 or 2021 to 2022 and also um he had a new offensive coordinator and from all the reports that i've read he can like he can take a lot of information he can process the things i think he just needs some refining as far as his mechanics and, and being able to like operate as a quarterback right um but it's not as raw as you would think if you watched the 2021 tape, which I did, and the 2022, 
because I think there's a lot of reasons to connect that like, okay, he lost a lot of his guys as far as like wide receivers go and also like the offensive like scheme change. So like he had to adjust to things, whatever. Anyways, it's enough about Will Levis, but he's someone that is being pegged a lot to the Raiders. I think I would be a little weary as far as taking him at seven overall, but I think there's enough there where McDaniels can refine him. And if we bring back Josh Jacobs and we still have our core with Waller, Adams, Renfro, et cetera, to where we can have a lot of easy layups and just fix his feet from going left and right and his hips being upside down. Like when he throws the ball, like let's just coach those things. I think we'll be all right. So Will Levis, number three, moving on. Number four, Hendon Hooker, Tennessee. Um, So, I'm a little afraid of the, of this one. Okay. I, I think he's great. Okay. He, I think he's probably the most NFL ready quarterback in this draft. Okay. Like to go out and operate an offense, right? The risk you take when you're drafting someone so young, right? Is that like, you have to be able to coach them and, and get them like to be able to run an offense and, and be able to operate an NFL offense against defense, whatever, right? Like be able to operate the game. So I think he's he might be the most NFL ready quarterback in this draft. I think he throws the ball deep very well, and he's a true like dual threat quarterback. So he's not like ripping off touchdowns, you know, like someone else I'm going to mention after this, or you know, like Will Levis trying to jump over people. But he is a actual threat in the running game, and he throws a deep ball very great. And I I think he is able to hit like the short, medium, deep range throws that you're looking for. Um, in an NFL quarterback, and I think that's real. The cons, he's 25, and he tore his ACL in November, right? So when you're looking at it, you're like, okay, are we even going to get this guy until he's 26? And a lot of organizations look at that, right? Like when you're drafting someone, like I, I wouldn't say we take him in the top 10. I think he's like a second or more like third-round quarterback. Are we going to get this guy at 26? Like whatever, but like if you if you think about it, like, okay, well, when you get this guy, you're going to have four years and maybe that's all you need, right? Maybe you just need someone who's a stop, like not saying he's just a stop gap, right? But I think he has a lot of upside to play for eight years at a high level, like top 15. And if you think about it, how many hits do you have as far as quarterbacks go? Look at last year's draft. You remember outside of my rankings, like Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, fucking Desmond Ritter, you know, and the dude from Notre Dame not Notre Dame, uh, North Carolina, yeah, Sam Howell, Sam Howell, right? It's like, it's like, what are we actually talking about? So if, if he takes someone like this, he might be a really good backup or like a very average to above average, above average at times, like starting quarterback. So Hendon hookers, number four for me, which I don't know. I, I just think there's something about him and it, it's kind of like, I hate to use the comparison. It's kind of like a Jalen hurts ish where you didn't feel great about him going into the draft. Like you didn't feel great. It's like, okay, he has an okay arm. Like he, he's a good leader. Like he's, he's mobile, like everything like that. And like, look at what Hertz has done in the system that the Eagles have provided. Right. And I doesn't mean that he's going to be great forever. doesn't mean he's, you know, a, a bust or whatever. Right. But like he clearly has been very successful, like top three in NFL MVP voting. Like, led the team to the Super Bowl. Like Jalen Hurts has been great. I think Malik, sorry, not Malik, Hendon Hooker, I'm still stuck on Malik Willis. Um, Hendon Hooker has those traits to where, man, if you get a good six years from this guy, 
I think it could be great. It could be great for your organization to where you're always competing and and then you don't have to continue to like reassess this QB carousel that, that you do every every year kind of thing. So Hendon Hooker is my number four, Micah. Wait for your comments until I get after my number five, and that is Anthony Richardson. So Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, um, has really been pegged to not not pegged, but like a lot of articles have came out as far as like should the Raiders take this guy. Um, some of his pros, some of the the strengths that he has, incredible arm talent. Like him, him and Will Levis are 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 up there, right? And I think you're going to see that um, this weekend at the, at the combine. So um, he's a true dual threat, um, like Cam Newton, like where it's like he can kill you with the arm, he can kill you in the run game. Um, and then I think he makes a ton of tough throws um, with pressure in his face. Um, I think he's shown that on, on a couple of different clips, and it, he hangs in there basically. Like he hangs in there, and it, it, you can tell that he's working through it to be able to get the ball downfield, whatever. He'll stick in there when the blitz is in his face. Um, the cons is I think he has the highest ceiling in the draft and the fucking A, like the lowest floor. Like, and it's not even close. The other thing is he's not ready to start year one. Like he's not. So if you're talking about a top 15, top, top 10, let's call it top 10, right? There's the Panthers at nine, the Raiders at seven, um, the Texans at two, the bears at one, who's the Cardinals Colts. at three. Colts. Colts. Yeah. Colts four. at four. Right. Yeah. So you look at those teams. It's like, there's a lot of QB needy teams and you're going to draft a guy that's not ready to start week one like in the top 10, I, I don't think you can. And his mechanics are even more frustrating than Will Levis's. Like I, I can't, I can't get over it. Like it's, and I don't even know if it's mechanics, but like either decision-making or just like, it, you can tell he's not being, he's not able to work through his progressions. He hangs on to one too long. There, There's times where like, like he just locks on it. It's just like, here you go. Seven yards slant. And he spikes it like five yards in front of him. It's like, dude, knock it off. You know, there was one play where he, was like sit in the pocket, escapes a rush, and it's like a, a a running back leaking out, and it's just like here you go, like and then the dude's free. It's like everyone was running go routes, it's like the bomb and blitz. Everyone was already at the goal line, and this running back is in like fifty yards range of like he can just go. He goes to throw like shovel pass to him and like miss him by like seven yards, and you're like, well, it's like those little things. It just drives me crazy, and and, and I would imagine it's going to drive. A lot of teams crazy, and and I I don't like I. You could talk about, and I even reference it right, like oh McDaniel's coach Cam Newton. I think we can make it work. I I don't think this is the play unless you have like a surefire like veteran that's going to be in the QB one role for the Raiders for like two years until this guy's ready. So his best bet is to go to a team like the Lions, where it's like a Jared Goff, where they're figuring out his contract. Do we extend him? Jared Goff is good enough to push him. And then you have Richardson develop, you know, underneath him. So um, anyways, I, I don't know. I, I don't hate the guy. Like he's my number five. Desmond Ritter is my number five last year. Like I don't hate the guy. Right. But you can just rave about his athleticism, his arm talent, like his upside, whatever you want. But like the dude is going to struggle in the NFL and having someone. And, and it, it's hard for me because I've always liked traits over, like okay, the, the safe bet basically. I'm like, I'm always like, I'm gonna shoot for the stars here. Hendon Hooker has to be ahead of Richardson just based off of what I've watched. And I don't know. I think there's a lot of variables within this draft. You have Tanner McKee um, at Stanford as well, but like, there you you you're gonna know about a guy 
pretty quick. And I think like Richardson is going to be someone that you're going to figure out. And and the best case scenario for him is that he goes to a team that he's able to sit for a couple of years, have has a very creative offensive coordinator that is smart enough to work around his upside and and just eliminate the the downfalls. So um, that's my list. I'm I'll stop, Mike. I'm sorry, I took so much of your time here, but um, thoughts. I loved it, man. I loved it. I think that um, penciling and and hooking that hooker there is not um, a popular opinion at the moment. Um, but I, I don't know. I like him too. I, he just, you know, and we don't ACL shame here, but that injury is gonna, gonna hold him back on top of his age for sure. But if you're looking at NFL ready, I think, I think you definitely have someone in him who's probably going to be a second or third round guy. Like you kind of mentioned, I think that with Richardson, I think people could value him at a top 15 pick or, you know, the back end of round two or you know what i mean like it's it's so all over the place it's kind of um not that i'm comparing the two players at all but um comparing the situation with like remember when when the broncos were just so locked on drew lock locked on drew lock they were so linked to him that everyone was like well they're gonna take him at 10 because he's a quarterback they need a quarterback and they're you know linked to him or whatnot and then they ended up taking you know he ends up just falling to the second round and they do end up taking him but not with their first round pick it's just like these valuations are so wildly different when it comes to yeah. you know how teams actually value them and whatnot but um sorry you know, great the, great reference by the way and, and i apologize to cut you off but i want to just clarify something these are my rankings and what's different than last year is i had them like okay this is where they're going to go i think richardson is definitely going to be taken higher than hooker for sure and and a lot of that has to do with his ACL and and his age. So I um, just want to clarify that. But um, those are just my rankings are not like. Yeah. Anyways. Yes. No. I know, and I know that you're not. This isn't this isn't you picking the order in which they're going to be drafted and everything. Um, but I, I I like I like your reasoning behind it. Um, I like that you have come around on CJ Stroud a little more. Um, feels good, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't got much to say. Much to say outside of that. You know, I like I like your rankings. Um, you know, I'm sure we will we will dive into some more things after this combine ends. Um, we'll see, you know, if things bounce around, if they change, if they don't change, or what have you, just from, from any of this stuff. But QB rankings 1.0. Love it. Love it. And yeah, I'm we'll only allowed a, a 2.0. Um <laughs> I I can change right before the draft, but um, yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how these guys throw this weekend. Um, and really, it's it's going to be interesting to see, like, the Raiders are in a tough spot. And I think, you know, we had talked about this offline, but, you know, the Bears were basically leaning more towards trading the number one overall pick. And, like, would the Raiders give up that much to go up to one? And maybe the reason that I think C.J. Stroud is, like, the best quarterback for the Raiders because he actually is most realistic because Young is going to go in the top two, and I don't think the Raiders are going to mortgage um, their future to get up to that spot just to take him. So, um, But that being said, I think he is a, a fantastic quarterback and someone that would, would be great. I think Levis Richardson would be a project, and we better be damn certain about their upside um, than Hooker, someone that I think will um, ultimately be, be someone that has like a good five, six-year stretch um, in the right system and, and might be overlooked in this draft. So. These are my rankings, guys. I, you know, you can roast me. I, I'll, I might be wrong. I, I may be. You know, give Matt Corral a chance. Okay, that's all I'm saying, dude. Give him a chance. Um, 
I'm actually like I was like because I'm an idiot. Like I was thinking like, what if the Raiders just like flipped a six from that crow? You know, what if they just tried it and just like saw what we could do with him? You know, he didn't have much. It was like one bad preseason game. He broke his ankle and that was it. You know, so like give him a chance. But anyway. what if the Raiders' quarterback room was Jared Siddham, Matt Corral, and Zach Wilson? Just yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to do podcasts because <laughs> I have a heart attack. That would be such like uh, uh, dueling conflictions from you between the those two guys, right? <laughs> well, you'd be like, hey, like who do you think should start, Zach Wilson or Matt Corral? I'm like, I can't pick between my two loves. You know, uh, they're both but... gonna win comeback player of the year somehow. <laughs> somehow, but, uh, but yeah, no. I, yeah, no, I, I like I like all that, and I think that. Um, you know, it's like you said, going to be interesting the way they throw and the way things kind of pan out here. Um, I one last little note on Will Levis. I was scrolling across Twitter and uh, this was a, while, a little while back, but there was a tweet someone put out and they said, here's all 14 of Will Levis's interceptions that he's thrown. I don't know if it was last year or like the like between the last two years, this year, yeah. this, year this one year. Right. And some of these throws, I was like, holy shit. What were you thinking? Like why are you throwing that? And there were, I will say there were probably, I honestly, I think half of them might've been like tipped balls. So it's like, it's hard to blame, like him, but it's also like, were. yeah, it's also like we kind of overthrew it and then it tipped off of him and then someone intercepted it. But there was like, like there was one that was just like just a hail Mary bomb into the end zone. And like, it came up like, 12 yards short of any other receivers that he had there and you could tell he just kind of like flung it up in the air just hoping that it was going to get near somebody and then it just wasn't <laughs> so there was yeah. it's funny when you brought that up because i'm just like I, that one video i saw i was just like here's all his interceptions and i'm like wow those are bad a lot of those are just unfathomable <laughs> yeah and and the windows get tighter um in the nfl so um yeah that's i, I won't keep talking about will levis but that's my qb rankings um you know, I we'll see how it goes. I Mike has allowed me to have a two point So before the draft, I might um, shift some of these guys. Uh, maybe CJ Stroud is still number one. Who's to say? Bryce Young's not working out this weekend. Um, but that's what we got. Um, anything else from you, brother? Nope. I will just say maybe we will. Uh, maybe when you hit this two point on your rankings, we'll do a finalized r- rankings. Um, we'll do it like a week before the draft or so, pretty close to the draft, like you said. And then I'll, we'll also have you do a rankings of the order in which you think they'll get drafted. Because at that point, things are very, you know what I mean? Things are pretty tight, like about a week up to the draft. You know, obviously some trades might have gone down. There's still stuff that's floating around. But um, I think close to the draft, it would be close enough that we could probably do a dueling list of where your top five are and then what your actual top five of you know, where they're going to be drafted is. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point, like free agency is going to happen too. So um, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to like, Oh, we signed Jacoby Brissett. Hopefully not the rich, um, but there's our answer to, you know, the guy. So it'll help with those rankings, but I'm down. Let's do it. Um, we'll see how the combine goes, guys. Um, Ray Ranch, love you guys. Peace out as usual. Um, we love you again, twice, twice tonight. Um, but my guess, Excited to see what um, this combine has going on for us. And like, let's just, it hasn't been that long, but like, let's start the NFL season, you know, again, because I think we need it. Absolutely. Well, as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go check out the Raider Take Podcast YouTube account. 
trying to get that up and going some more go check out i didn't share it uh compared to all the other stuff but um i did a blooper reel uh on, on some shorts on me just absolutely abolishing the ad read last year or not last year last episode um i think it was right around a 50 second video that was probably about 12 minutes of just ruining this ad read and um trying to you know get it right and just wouldn't happen so you got to go see it because a lot of it is like a visual of just like That's my <laughs> us laughing it off and like just being like idiots because I, I just can't get this ad redone. So anyways, go check that out while you're subscribing to the YouTube account, while you're also hitting the bell notification so that, you know, every time a video gets downloaded or uploaded. So yeah, that's all we got for this week. Uh, any last words? No, I just want to go on record to say that the ad read is very tough. Um, I think everyone has seen me struggle through that. So do not shame Micah that much, but do watch that snippet, like, subscribe, rate, review, hit the bell, do your thing. Raider Nation, love you guys. Peace.